0: Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Another special Love Life California conversation with one of our speakers. I hope these have been blessing you. Uh, We've just been releasing these on the podcast. These were all, of course, shot uh, on January 29th, the day of this recording, 2022, at Calvary Chapel Hills for the Love Life California conference. Uh, And it has been a a wild ride. Uh, It has been wonderful to bring together people from so many different sort of – fields of battle within the pro-life movement as God is uniting so many people um, that did, previously didn't even know each other or work together to contend for life in this moment. I think we all kind of sense that the weight of this moment for the country, for the church, and, and for the pro-life movement. But today, we're sitting down with my good friend, Justin Reeder, the founder and president of Love Life. If you've been listening to border for a while, you go way back to like, I don't know, 109 or 112 something uh, called Sidewalk Counseling is Christine. 101, and we did a great conversation with, with Justin then. But this conference is the result of Justin and Love Life's commitment to life. As me, just a little pro-life speaker who can't br- provide the infrastructure, their team has provided the side of uh, the... Um, breakout sessions, the training, the infrastructure, and the strategical implementation plan for churches who simply say yes to life to begin taking back spiritual ground in life in their cities, in their states, and in this country. So with that being said, Justin, brother, welcome. Yeah, so good to be back. This has been fun. This has been
1: incredible. And I think something that you said about bringing people together, I think that's something that's really powerful that the Lord is doing right now. People of, you know, different parts of field of battle, like you mentioned But uh, a lot of influence. People are using their voice now, I think, more than ever um, over the issue of the unborn. And man, I'm just thankful to the Lord that he put this on your heart to do this conference because there is a lot of synergy that's happening. The logs are coming together instead (laughs) of being spread out.
0: And we know there's more power in that. That's really good. Um, Just now, Justin, we just did a uh, panel uh, discussion uh, on stage at the conference and just interacting with the audience, you can just sense the excitement yeah. and the energy. It's something different. Yeah. It is something new. As for like you and me who have, we've been in the pro-life space for for a little bit of time. We're not brand new. Uh, but compared to some of our speakers today, right. uh, you know, we're, we're sort of freshmen in, yeah. in, in this battle. Um, but having been around the, the battle for a bit, Justin, you and I, uh, we're more used to apathy. hmm to tolerance yeah. with evil in the church. And yeah. now, obviously, we're at Jack Hibbs Church, Calvary Cappalcino Hills, that's been discipled into that robust civic ethic or engagement. Mm-hmm. But you know, when we say things like one yes from one person can change the world, like yeah. don't ask who, the answer is you. And people are just like, yes. I just sense it like, send us. Yeah. Send us. I mean, yeah. I think people are I'm,
1: ready, man. I think you know, the last few years have exposed some things within the church where we've been playing it safe for Mm -hmm. so long. There's been a shaking that has taken place. And we now really kind of know what we're really dealing with and who we're really dealing with. And people are ready for more. They're tired of the same old, same old, you know, going through the routine, you know, just showing up on a Sunday morning and seeing the battle that is starting to manifest itself in our nation people are saying there's got to be more like god yeah. has called us to more than this yeah and so i think people are hungry for it and they recognize that this time is vital um, as we have seen so much uh tyranny and creeping in and control creeping in That's right it's like if we don't speak <laughs> up now yeah then we will not have a voice it reminds me of martin dr er- uh, Pastor uh, Ne moeller yeah, uh, Martin e. moeller in uh, Nazi Germany, as I just was saying what I was saying is you know first they came for for the Jews, but I was not a Jew so I did not speak out and then they came for me and there's no one left to speak for me I think we're we're have a sense of that yeah and and I think there's some moral clarity and spiritual <laughs> yeah. clarity that's happening is if we're not a voice for the most vulnerable that's right Then we can't expect to have a voice for ourselves.
0: That's right. And people are ready to respond. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very interesting moment because for a long time, Justin, I focused the pro life message on purely the right to life of the unborn, Mm -hmm. which is the fundamental message. I mean, we're not saying abortion's wrong because it hurts women. Right. (laughs) We're not saying abortion is wrong because you might regret it, Mom. We're We're saying it's wrong because it intentionally kills an innocent human being, a person. With rights. It doesn't matter that they're smaller, less developed, more dependent. It's actually because they're smaller, less less developed, and more dependent that you have a greater obligation to care for them. So, you know, that's always the case I focus on. But to your point, let me connect my thought with yours now. Um, I began shifting in the last year or two, and I also began making a case to convict Christians to engage Mm -hmm. by making the point that if you won't contend for the right to life, if you won't contend Mm -hmm. against the evil of abortion, which is the only class of victims that it's legal to kill, the pre-borns, the only class of victims that has no sort of legal rights, even though they're persons, Um, you won't be able to offer a moral defense for any of your other rights. Another way to say that is, as long as our government continues to um, ignore the right to life of an entire Mm -hmm. class of human beings, our own rights will constantly be endangered by modern jurists and a ruling class whose judicial philosophy is totally foreign to the founding fathers. That's I mean, right. the founding fathers are flipping around in their graves right now. Yeah. That the, 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 the removing the right to life of children, of babies, is celebrated as a blessing of liberty. Mm-hmm. This is not what they had in mind. Yeah. So I just want to connect that and build that out because I have seen God mm-hmm. work through that too. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. people... And I wonder if it's selfishness. I wonder if it is selfishness, mm-hmm. but then it's being it's being used to turn into humility and advocacy. It's like, hey, bro... if, if you should care about ending abortion because if they'll target the unborn, how much longer till they target yeah. you? It's an interesting yeah. approach. Yeah, right? I think and that anyways. you know, I
1: think there might be some of that for sure. But to your point, yes, if it's legal to kill the most vulnerable among us, then then what else will they do? Yeah. And but I I do see a stirring within the body of Christ, um, like I haven't seen before. I think people are understanding that uh, the, the days are gone when you can just show up to church on Sunday and, and check a box. yeah, uh, We are called to live out our faith. It's starting to cost us a little something in America. Still very little, but it's costing us yeah. something to be a follower of Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, we, we talk about it all the time, that when you get Christians out to an abortion clinic where you get cussed out, you get called all kinds of names. I mean, we see demons manifest out at the abortion clinics. I mean, this is... This is not um, a rare thing. At one of our last prayer walks, they had a huge painting of a dragon, um, you know, (laughs) symbolizing like this is who we worship. I mean, it's out in the open. It's it's not hidden. Right. Um, We've had, you know, workers of the abortion industry publicly commission witches before on Twitter um, and where they actually sent them to do black magic at the prayer walks. um, In Charlotte. In Charlotte. And uh, they said they have jebus they wouldn't even spell his name because they know there's power in his name you have jebus but we have witches and and so uh i say all that to say when you get someone out into battle like that Mm. Uh, it starts to forge something in them to start to realize, hey, I was made for battle. Oh yeah. I was made for battle, and we're starting to feel a little bit of that creep into our our day to day culture, where we're having to stand for things that we didn't typically have to stand for. Yeah. And so it's starting to to rise up in people that, man, I was made for more. Yeah. I was okay. made for battle. Yeah. And I think that's really what we're seeing. There's a, there's a divide that's happening. Those that are just kind of catering um, to whatever um, they're being told to obey and then those who are standing on biblical truth and those people are saying i'm made for battle and they're starting to to get clarity on the abortion industry uh, wow. issue and I, that's that's one of my beliefs of why we see what we're happening
0: what's wow. happening here today wow yeah that because <clears throat> you know c.s lewis has that famous line he says don't wait to love your neighbor before you love your neighbor. Don't wait to feel love for your neighbor right. before you begin loving Do your neighbor. Now. Begin loving your neighbor mm-hmm. and you'll come to find that mm-hmm. you love your neighbor. It's the same good. thing with yeah. Christians on abortion. Don't, don't wait until you feel the burden yeah. of the evil of abortion to engage. Maybe yeah. you don't. You know, Maybe yeah. you feel more burdened with sex trafficking or other mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. Uh, which deserve their own movement, time, and attention as well. But this is the number one moral issue yeah. of our day, right? This is our Holocaust, and that's why I love the simplicity of how you say it, which is everyone can do something. Yeah, everyone has their place on the wall. And so when you begin to step out in obedience, yeah, you, you come to find that you actually do care about this issue, yeah, uh, and you start seeing yourself being used. But the stuff that, that you guys encounter outside of the sidewalks of, of Charlotte abortion centers is something else because it's like it's like Church they're telling us that abortion is their sacrament yeah. they're telling us that it's sacrificed to pagan demons like
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's out in the open i mean you know the, the curtain of women's health care has been completely removed that's uh, when you see these things manifesting and the church sees it yeah and that, that's the beautiful thing when we bring the church out there and they see this yeah. that curtain has been completely exposed and pulled wow. back yeah where people start to see it wow yeah. This is the enemy stealing, killing, and destroying. Right. You know, Satan is a liar and a murderer. Right. John eight forty four tells us that's the spirit that's behind this. Yeah, it's the spirit of Baal and Molech that's behind this, and it's manifesting here in our city. Yeah, and it starts to to to, to rise up into people courage and boldness, but also brokenness. Yeah, as you talked about, you know, God starts to break our heart for what breaks is. Yeah. And I got people come up to me all the time, and I'm sure you do as well, and just say, "Man, you know, I'm just not really passionate about pro-life yeah, or yeah, the yeah. issue of abortion." Thank God for your passion, but thank Justin. God that you are right. <laughs> and and I I agree with you, man. It's not that we're passionate about the issue in, in the sense of the way a lot of people think about that. We're, we're passionate about righteousness. We're That's passionate right. about loving what God loves and yeah. hating what He hates. Right. And and in that process, He starts to give us His heart. Yeah. For these children, right. for these moms, for these workers, for yeah. these abortionists, for those who have had abortions that need healing and restoration, yeah. he starts to give us his
0: heart in that journey. Yeah, the the spiritual veil that you discuss—you didn't use that term, mm-hmm. but that's what you were meaning—that yeah. that spiritual veil you discussed, Justin, is powerful. I, I think about this a lot. I'm like, how is it that you could have someone like Pastor Tim Keller, Justin, who says he's pro-life? Um, I've I, someone hit me up on Facebook. Uh, Couple years ago, they didn't like that I was going after Keller, and they said, um, "Seth, I, I I know Tim personally. I've been involved at Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Um, Pastor Tim is very pro-life. He supports the local pregnancy resource center, uh, and uh, and that's about all they had to say. Yeah, which goes to my talk this morning that I gave. Right, yeah. I was I was talking about those people who confess all the right beliefs, right, and their litmus test for pro-life engagement, Justin, is like. We support the pregnancy center, and we talk about how great they are. So it's like they're abdicating um, their responsibilities to the local pregnancy center so that they can sort of check the pro-life checkbox and say they're super pro-life. But I've been asking that question, like, how is it that Pastor Tim Keller can say he's pro-life and then pen this Facebook post from September of 2020, which I I used in the introduction to my sermon at this Mm -hmm. church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, two months before the election, where he says that the Bible tells me that abortion is a sin and a great evil. Confession. But it doesn't tell me the best way to decrease or end abortions in this country or which policies are most effective. The current political parties offer a potpourri of positions on these and many, many other issues, most of which the Bible does not speak to directly. This means when it comes to voting, taking political positions, and determining alliances, the Christian has liberty of conscience. Mm. In short, you know what that means. He's saying God doesn't care about your vote. Yeah. You have liberty of conscience. You can vote however you want. So you can say you're pro-life and you can vote for pro-abortion Democrats. In fact, I could I could show you an op-ed, Justin, and those also have seen of the show, that Tim wrote, Pastor Tim Keller wrote a couple of years ago where he, he publicly said he's a registered Democrat in the state of New York and he votes for Democrats because mm-hmm. he doesn't see how in such a deep blue state he could make a difference right. by voting for Republicans. But would he vote for... Democrats today, if they said, we we need to re-legalize lynchings, right, Justin. Exactly. We need to re-legalize... The point is, no. My whole point in saying that yeah. is there's this spiritual veil, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. That 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 people like Pastor Tim Keller and others, he's just a stand-in for my example of the rot in evangelicalism. There's many other examples, but is that is that they espouse all these sort of correct orthodox beliefs, but there is no orthopraxy. Mm-hmm. There is no feet to their faith, and we know their statements would never be applied to slavery right. or any other issue. So there really is yeah. this like veil. spiritual spiritual veil yeah. and, and the way to get pastors to see, I mean, the Bible says mm-hmm. Satan has blinded the eyes of unbelievers, mm-hmm. so they cannot see the truth. He's also blinded the eyes of some believers. Yeah. And, and so I, before, as we wrap up, Justin, I want you to talk about the power mm-hmm. and also some of the examples of what God has done mm-hmm. when, when pastors who maybe were living under that spiritual veil have joined your team at Love Life yeah outside of abortion centers? What yeah. begins to happen and what are some testimonies and stories you've seen?
1: Yeah, so I think it's easy for anyone, pastor or non-pastor, to to make comments like that and say things like that when you haven't stood face to face with an abortion clinic, with mm-hmm. moms that are going in and out of abortion clinics, um, seeing them with tears running down their face before they go in and after they come out, they're hurting, they're bent over, just yesterday, we were out at the abortion clinic here, A mom walks out, she's sedated, she's, she's you know bent over a little bit, could tell she's in, in pain, she just had a surgical abortion. Oh my gosh. You, when, you've, when you see these things with your own eyes in your own city and, and you begin to personalize it, it, it's much harder to make those type of comments. And so what we have found is that when the church comes out and sees it for themselves, yeah. they examine the walls personally for themselves they start to get the heart of God over this. And the, the, God starts to break their heart for what breaks his. Yeah. And you don't say things like that anymore. Yeah. And, and it really becomes, yeah. um, you know, the value of the life uh, starts to become the same as what a two-year-old's value of life is That's or right. a 10-year-old's or anyone else because you start to get the heart of God. Yeah. But the reality is we have grown up in a culture of death mm. for so many years that it's crept in yeah. to the church. It's crept in. It's called look, secretism. Even, even to us. I mean, look, yeah. I, I've, to had had degree, a, I've had to correct my own language. Like right. when I see a mom that's pregnant, we used to say, you know, she's expecting. No, she's not expecting, right? Even, even simple right. language like this. That's true. She, she's not expecting a child. She has a child that's just in her womb. Yeah. Um, but we say these things, again, because this culture of death we've grown up in, yeah. And, and you think about, you know, this, this happened even with the Israelites. The Israelites, they were in slavery for so many years in Egypt that even when they got out of slavery, what did they want? They wanted to go back to slavery. They sort <laughs> right of right like, well, right. they fed us better there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so that culture, this culture of abortion, this culture of death has crept in yeah. to where we, it's become acceptable. We've become numb to it, and, yeah. and the veil has come over us. But when you go and when you see, it becomes real, it becomes personal, that's and God right. starts to
0: remove that veil. That's right, because it, it, in action is freedom. Yeah. Um, be, when you begin to to step out and just be obedient and and resist the culture of death, um, that that's where you really, I think, start seeing the spiritual principalities at play. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for a Bonhoeffer quote. I can't find it right now, but he he once said um, he once said the the same exact line. He said, "Only in action is freedom." Mm. Um, and if you you know. I talked about him this morning. If you know anything about Bonhoeffer, I mean, that was his life, right? I mean, mm. he, he, he he repented of realizing that he was in a place of confession, like espousing all the right sort of belief systems. But there was no resistance to yeah. what was beginning to happen to the Jews. Yeah. Only in action, only in resistance uh, is freedom. Because then you realize you've been created for something greater. That's right. And you experience the exciting journey of simply being used because you're just being obedient. And yes, yeah. you, you prepare and you you know, you know wanna be a good steward of your talents mm-hmm. in order to offer them as a fragrant sacrifice to God. But like ultimately we can't arrange the spiritual puzzle pieces where freedom in life happens. Right. That's what God does. And, and that's why I'm so grateful for you, Justin, and for Love Life. As we wrap up here just on the day of this mm-hmm. conference that we're, we're hoping will sort of just light a fire in other states around the country, but particularly he- here in California, um, I wanna ask you one final question. Um, where do you see um, the future of the church, the, the Bride of Christ, um, if, if we miss this moment? It, and if, the worst case scenario, if we miss this, and yeah. we don't resist, and we don't blow the trumpet, and we continue with our comfortable Christianity, mm-hmm. um, what, do you, what do you see the future of the church in America looking like? I believe things will get darker. I think that we will
1: uh, see, see things get harder for believers to at some point, to where it gets so right. difficult, where the persecution gets so intense that hopefully Satan overplays his hand, which he will. At some point, he always does, overplays his hand. And then that sparks revival. a revival, returning to the Lord. Yeah. Um, but why wait 10 years? Why wait <laughs> right. 50 years? Yeah. How many more children have to die yeah. before before we wake up and we respond? That's right. And, and we're not talking about anything really radical. I mean, let's just kind of boil this down. We're talking about just loving God and loving people. That's right. Yeah. First John three sixteen and eighteen says, "This is how you know what love is." Jesus laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives yeah. for our brothers and our sisters. That's right. Not just with words, but with action and in truth. And in truth, yeah. And, and so it's we're it's we're just doing what we saw our Father do. Yeah. Our Father made sacrifices. He loved us, and we call ourselves followers. Of Jesus he was persecuted that's he right. was insulted he was beaten like we should expect these things yeah it, it's it's nothing we're not we're not saying anything new we're not saying anything that uh, Jesus didn't tell us to do he said yeah. pick up your cross and follow me yeah this is the same teaching that Jesus been speaking for 2,000 years
0: pick up your cross and follow that's me right. if you want to find your life you will lose it it's like the disciples was that they, they did not cling to their lives for they did not love their lives unto death that's right they were willing to give it all away uh, I'll finish with this, Justin. Uh, Thomas Paine argued for American independence before 76. And he simply said, if trouble may come, let it come in my day, yeah. so that my children may know peace. Come on. Uh, Pre born and mm. born children. Mm. Um, Bonhoeffer once said that the ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children. Mm. So this is just stewardship. Yeah, pretty that's right. basic for the Christian. So, anyways, anyway. we're uh, we're going to keep uh, keep rolling today at the conference, guys. We're at Love Life California Conference, Capri Chapel, Chino Hills, January 29th. Justin Reader. Uh, we, we're going to make these uh, talks available at some point as well. They're really going to fire you up the podcast right away, but the talks as well. So if you're not already involved with Love Life, guys, listen. To, don't just listen to this podcast and be like, oh, now I have firepower to answer pro-choice arguments. Thanks, Seth. Uh, no, where is your place on the wall? What are you going to do to contend for life? Because you're going to owe an account, not just to God on the day of judgment, uh, but also to your children and grandchildren for what kind of world that you left them. Uh, the rights and liberties we abandon today will be the rights and liberties our grandchildren never knew existed. That's right. um, this is just stewardship. Justin, love you, brother. God bless you, bro. Thankful for your voice, man.
1: Keep standing, keep fighting. We encourage all of you too, man. This is our moment. This is our time. Don't miss it speak live.
0: Thank you guys for joining in today. Uh, again, share this episode, leave the show a rating and review it really helps us reach more people. The show actually shows up more on the charts for people. If you want to support support this show, go to patreon.com forward slash unaborted crowdfunding, help us out better episodes, better guests, more, or bigger guests, fly them in different forms of content on the street. You just help us change minds, change hearts and save lives until next week. I'm Seth Gruber and this is unaborted.